Thank you for downloading this weekend sermon from Bangalore Revival Center. Our desire is to see you grow in your love and pursuit of God, causing you to become a channel of His love and grace to the people around you. Now let's listen to the Word of God. Uh, it was a tweet that he put up uh, some time back on his uh, Twitter account. Um, how many of you are on Twitter, by the way? That's good. You should follow our church Twitter account. We have constant updates on our church Twitter account. Uh, you should uh, once in a while retweet the tweets that's going up on the church Twitter account. That'll help us reach out to more people. Okay. And uh, uh, if you're not on Twitter, that's a great place to follow some amazing men and women of God to learn, to receive inspirations. I tweet most of the time when I'm in, in my seasons of prayer. So if you want to follow my personal learnings during my personal prayer time, you can follow me also on our Twitter account. And Pastor Shaiju wrote this on Twitter this week, a um, couple of days back. He said, when people praise your qualifications, be quick to remember the grace that qualified you. When people see your lack of qualifications, be quick to see the grace that qualifies you. In short, keep looking through his eyes and not theirs. This is, can, can I just read it out once again? When people praise you for how good you are, how great you are, or how anointed you are, how awesome you are, at that time you move it back to saying, God, this, this is not me. You remember the fact that it is this grace that actually qualified you to receive and do whatever he made you do and, and gave for you, right? And at the same time, when people see the fact that you are not qualified enough for a particular task, for a particular job, for a particular thing, you immediately look back at his grace that actually qualifies you to do all things. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, I can do most of the things some of the most of the things no all things through Christ Jesus amen and as long as we can see things from his perspective we will have the victories that he has prepared for us amen and that's that's what grace is all about that's the whole story of grace but this morning I'm going to take a, a different route than what I used to take in the other a uh, few teachings of uh, grace. We're going to go into the book of Ezra for this morning. Are you ready? Yeah. Ezra chapter 9 and verse 8. Somebody read it with me. But now, everybody say, but now. But now. Once again, but now. But now. Loudly, but now. but now. Now. Okay, this is talking about our present time. And it says, but now we have been given a <coughs> brief moment of grace. The, the man of God is, is writing in the scripture. He's speaking it out to the congregation and he's saying, now we are in a, a brief moment of grace. We are in a brief season of grace. We are in a brief age or dispensation of grace. How many of you learned dispensations in your Sunday school or in your theology classes or wherever? Dispensations, the seven dispensations. Can I, can I give you some theology this morning? Yes, okay. So, so biblical theologians say, this is not there in the Bible. This is what? Theologians say. I'm not a theologian. I just love the Bible. I love God's word. This is what theologians say, okay? They say there are seven dispensations. 
in the Bible from the beginning till the end. Seven different uh, dispensations in which you can divide time. How many of you know that everything that God does in our life, He does it in seasons? He does it in those times, right? And in the Bible, you would see seven different seasons or times or dispensations that the entire timeline of the planet or, or humanity is divided into. Okay? The first dispensation is called the dispensation of innocence. Everybody say innocence. This was the dispensation from the day Adam and Eve were created till the day they... Come on. How did they sin? What did they sin? Disobedience. What did they disobey? How did they disobey? They ate the fruit. Not life and death, sorry. Uh, the knowledge of good and evil. They ate something that gave them the distinction between good and evil or right and wrong. Right? So till that point, they had no distinction. They didn't know what is right, what is wrong. They didn't know what is good, what is bad. They had to keep going to God. You know, today, at least we have some sense, right? Okay, that is not appropriate. This is not appropriate. These guys had no clue of what it is. They had to keep going back to God and ask God, can we do this? How is this for us? How is this for our marriage? How is this for our parenting? They're, you know, they were so innocent that they didn't even wear clothes. They didn't need to because there was no lust. There was no looking down on anybody. It was so pure. That was the world that they were in. And this was the dispensation of innocence. That was a dispensation where there was absolutely no sin. Now with the sin, came the understanding or the difference between good and evil now man has the differentiation now man has something called his conscience everybody say conscience so the second dispensation is known as the dispensation of conscience and and since then you would see that anybody who committed a sin they would feel guilty Cain for example felt really guilty you know, and uh, you know, and, and all through the time they had the understanding of what is good and what is evil, but still they chose to do the wrong thing. And what did God do? Come on, Bible readers. Genesis chapter 6. God sent a sorry. Yes, and afterwards, when sin increased, what did God do? A flood. God sent a flood and wiped the whole earth, right? And there we see the third dispensation beginning at the end of the flood and it's called the dispensation of human government. Okay, because, give me the third point, keep going. That's the dispensation of human government. From there onwards, you would see that these guys are being ruled by a, a, a proper system and a, and a proper uh, you know, there are governments in place after that. You know, you see the Tower of Babel and all those things. And, and, and the next dispensation right from Noah onwards is known as the dispensation of human government. Okay. And then after that came the dispensation of promise. Who did this come to? Come on. Abraham. God spoke to Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 12. God called him out and he said, hey, 
I'm going to call you. This is the calling on, on your life. You go where I show you and you and you walk faithfully, blamelessly before me and I will bless you. Am I right? And then Abraham began to follow and his sons began to follow him and, and, and their sons began to follow him and all the way till Mount Sinai. What happened in Mount Sinai is that the dispensation changed from promise because on Mount Sinai, the law was given. Yeah, till now they don't have the law. Till now their understanding of what is good and wrong is very skewed up. Initially, they are very innocent. They did not have an understanding. Then they had an understanding, but it was based on their human conscience. Then there was a, a, a government in place. And whatever the government says is right. If the government says build the Tower of Babel, then that is the most moral thing to do. Then came the covenant of the dispensation of promise when God spoke to Abraham and said, do this, 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 and then you'll be right with me. That was the dispensation of promise. And then finally God gave them the law. All these dispensations had different periods of time. Next screen. This dispensation in particular, the dispensation of law lasted about a thousand and a five hundred years. One thousand five hundred years, this people had received the law and they were trying their best to follow God, to walk in His ways through keeping the law. And they failed miserably, right? We all have tried that and we've all failed miserably. And that is when Jesus came and the perfect moment the perfection of time Jesus came and he opened the dispensation that we are talking about today he opened up the dispensation of grace everybody's a dispensation of grace in other words he said hey I am going to open up a time of a brief moment a small tiny moment of grace we've been given everybody say we've been given a brief moment of grace now this is not the ultimate thing because there is something that is coming after this moment and after this dispensation which is the dispensation of divine government everybody say divine government this is the thousand years where Jesus will literally be ruling on this earth and we will be ruling with him here on this earth and that is known as the dispensation of divine government where where Jesus will be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But there is this brief moment between when the law was fulfilled to the point when grace will be done with. You know, grace is, it's only in this particular season that we need grace because this is a season of grace. There is a brief moment of grace that is allotted to us. The Bible says, give me a verse. Romans chapter 13 and verse 11 read it out with me this is all the more come on loudly this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is because time is running out wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed come on how, how many years has it been since you believed in Jesus or you started following Jesus? And the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church and he's saying, Hey, our salvation is nearer, it's closer at hand now than when we first believed. We don't know the exact time. 
we don't know the exact hour but our season of grace this brief moment this dispensation of grace that we are enjoying right now it can come to an end anytime because we are going into the next season so what do we do in this season the night is almost gone it says in verse 12 and the day of salvation will soon be here so what should we do so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living the the, the author of Rome, Rome Romans the Apostle Paul he's saying hey the the season is about to shift this movement of grace is about to go into the next season so what should you do knowing the fact that our time is so less so small he's saying change the way you live now change the way that you live let your walk let your work let it all be guided by his presence verse 14 he says instead clothe yourself with the presence of the lord jesus christ don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires we all have evil desires but this season of grace we have the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can clothe ourselves in it's a very brief moment it can be it can get over any time maybe it could get over by the second coming of Jesus or it may get over the day your life is over on this in this dispensation you know once your life in this dispensation is over you you don't have any more grace because this is the as long as you live here on this earth you are in that dispensation of grace after you leave this earth you're no longer allowed to be in this dispensation of grace there's no more grace left for you so the time that you have that you, that i have is very less we are either waiting for jesus to return or we are waiting to be called home and he says in this brief moment of time what should you do do not indulge in your evil desires instead clothe yourself continually constantly with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that's why Ezra said Ezra chapter 9 verse 8 read it out with me but now everybody say but now we have been given a, a brief moment of grace he was prophetically looking at something that is going to come up in our season in our lives yes this is something they also experienced but in a very inferior way because they did not have the revelation of who Jesus is now we have Jesus and because of Jesus we have an understanding of God's grace that is beyond what Ezra or Nehemiah or any of the Old Testament saints understood it we have access to God more than all these other guys in fact the Bible says that the least in this dispensation of grace is greater than the greatest in the dispensation of law isn't that amazing that is that that is saying that anybody who lives in this brief moment of grace what they can do with one percent of grace that God is giving us is greater than what Ezra Nehemiah David Abraham Elijah Elijah call all the names out in the Old Testament I'll, I'll give you one particular scripture today we'll finish with that particular scripture and I pray that it will encourage you amen so Ezra goes on to say it says for the Lord our God has allowed a, a few of us everybody say few of us, few of us. to survive as a remnant. remnant and he's saying hey this is a brief moment of grace 
it's lasted now for 2000 years we don't know how much more it will last in the human context and it, we don't know how much longer it will last for you and me we can be called home anytime am i right come on talk to me when our work when our assignment here is done we will be called home and, and and it says what do we do in this in this brief moment of time what is god doing god is a loving remnant everybody's a remnant he has a remnant in every place whenever people started worshiping false gods and false goddesses god always chose a remnant for himself throughout the history of israel god always kept looking for some people who will be after his heart and he would keep them apart and, and these guys will love on god and follow the lord and and continue to serve god you know through the church history after the you know the whole constantine becoming emperor thing and and christianity becoming a main official religion in rome you know church became the exact same thing as a religious system it became what happened to the uh, judah and israel in the old testament they started worshiping idols they started doing all kinds of stuff and and there was no more emphasis on god's word god's heart the presence of god there was everything was lost everything was gone but god still had his remnants going through the ages for 2000 years for 2000 years people have tried snuffing out the light of the church but for 2000 years god has kept the church going a few people everybody few people and our job yours and my job is to be part of those few people that god is selecting and choosing and setting aside amen amen, amen. amen. come on read it with me jesus said it like this in matthew 7 verse 13 you can enter god's kingdom only through the narrow gate the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many for the many for there are there is many who choose that way amen why because it's easy to go to hell life is easy it's convenient you don't have to work really hard to get to hell you just have to you know be part of the game just be in the roller coaster be just be part of the crowd and just just flow just go with the flow you know we say that often when somebody when people walk to me uh, and when they come to me for counseling one of the questions i ask them is hey what do you want to do in life uh, pastor i'm just going with the flow just seeing where life will take me i'll tell you where it'll take you If you keep going with the flow, you will end up in the place where everybody goes. It says broad is the gate. It says the, the highway, the, the, the way to hell is a highway. And it's, it says it's wide and everybody can go that way. And there are many that choose that way. The next verse it says, but the gateway to life, somebody scream it out, gateway to life. It's, it is very narrow and the road is difficult talk about this to the bangalore people they know what it means to drive on difficult roads they don't they know how life is so slowed down to get from one point to the other they know how hard it is to you know reach for a meeting in time 
Why? Because you have to take into account all the other obstacles that you're going to face, the obstacles on the road, the obstacles in front of you, the obstacles on top of you, the obstacles behind you, everywhere there is obstacles, right? But Jesus says that is how the way, the gateway to life is. And the Bible says because this is a narrow way, because it's a harder way, only a few ever find it. Forget about walking through it. Only a few even because they're not searching for it. Everybody's going with the flow. Nobody wants to seek and search out what is the purpose of my life. Nobody wants to know what is God wanting to do with my life. Why am I here in the first place? Everybody is going with the flow. Grow up, get a nice degree, get a nice girl, get a nice job. Sorry, first a job, then a girl. Sorry, I was talking about marriage when I said get a girl. You better have a good job before you get married. <laughs> and and, and have, have cute kids, post them on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Grow them up, send them to school. All through this time, have a good retirement plan in place. Retire nicely, you know, go to a town, a city where there is no bad roads and live happily ever after till you know one day you don't wake up and and then you realize man i've lived an entire life but with no purpose i just went with the flow i just went with what everybody in my friend circle were doing i just went with what everybody in my church were doing i went to church every sunday i gave offerings every sunday i was part of this routine and cycle but hey let me ask you what do you think is god's plan for your life if you, if you really want to p- focus and, and go after God's purpose for your life, life is not going to be easy. If your life is very easy, I have a real big problem. There's <laughs> a real big problem because it may not necessarily be exactly where God is calling you to. If your life is hard, if, if you're, if the, because the gateway to life is, come on, read it with me. It is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. And even the few that find it, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 22 verse 14, even the few out of the few that find it, it says for many are called, you know, but there is only a few that get chosen. Why? Because out of this many that are called, there are many who, you know, disqualify themselves with their lifestyles. They know their purpose, they know what they have to do, but, you know, Jesus in this story you know he's talking about this wedding feast that he's opened up and then you know uh, the, he called a lot of people but then not they didn't turn up and then he opened up the invitations to people who you know who were not really the first uh, in, invitees and and so many people came from the roads and the lanes and everywhere people came to the church people came to be part of this wedding feast and then the Bible says and the king came to meet the attendees meet all these people who are attending this wedding feast and he found one person who, who was not wearing wedding clothes and the king said man I'm so sorry if you are in the wedding if you are in the wedding feast you, you, you got to be wearing the wedding clothes just because you got an invite doesn't mean you can enjoy the feast just because you came to church doesn't mean you can be in that in that feast you know and and Jesus said hey I'm gonna walk through and I'm gonna choose those people that are wearing the right clothes of righteousness the right 
the right way of living I'm gonna choose them and it, and it says few are chosen now let's go back to what Ezra said in Ezra chapter 9 verse 8 what does he said for the Lord has allowed a few of us to survive as a remnant come on look at your neighbor and I say and say I hope you are part of that few look at your other neighbor and say hey I hope you also are part of that few I'd really hate to to want to send people from heaven to hell to carry water for you you know <laughs> come on I'm not trying to scare you this morning but that's what the Bible says because only a few ever make it a few ever find it and the few ever make it because they are not chosen because of some reason or the other and I pray that you and I will be part of the few that will be found as the remnant you know your your desire through life should be should not be Lord give me the money that he has or give me the you know property that she has no 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 your desire should be Lord give me the grace to be part of the few give me the grace to be in that in the remnant give me the grace to be in the minority I don't care you know Joshua and Caleb you know what was their minority ratio <laughs> it was not even 12 to 2 it was 2 million to 2 2 million people walked in disbelief there were two people Joshua and Caleb who believed that God will give them the promised land and man look at how, how big a minority that is and the Bible says God chose this minority to lead the majority because God is looking not for people with a lot of skill sets God is looking for those that are his remnant come on somebody say it. I am the remnant Lord give me grace to be that remnant Lord give me grace to be set apart I don't want to be like my friends I don't want to be like everybody else I don't want to be like that Instagram star I want to be the few that survive as a remnant that is my calling my calling is not to be famous my calling is not to be successful my calling is not to be rich my calling is to be in that remnant in this brief moment of grace as hard as it is as challenging as it gets I really want to be part of that remnant amen and he goes on to say and he has given us security in this holy place in this brief moment of grace what did he do he he called us and he and he made us part of the remnant and what did he do he give us he gave us security in this holy place you should understand that your security or your protection is connected to your location you can miss your protection by just relocating to the wrong location your protection is very much connected to your location that is why that is why you know you would see Elijah sorry Elisha you would see this with Elisha Elisha was on a mountain where there were there was a covering of of chariots of fire see it was not covering the whole city or the whole whole nation it was just covering one particular mountain on which Elisha was on and his servant opened his eyes and he could only initially see the enemies right but this time 
the prophet prayed for him and his eyes were opened and God showed him that the mountain that he is on is a special mountain this mountain there is a covering of the chariots of fire on this mountain you are protected it's very necessary for us to know in this brief moment of grace that not only are we supposed to be part of the remnant we are also be we are also supposed to be in the right place at the right time it's supposed to be the right place and, and and there is no better place than to be under God's protection there's no better place the psalmist said it like this in Psalm 32 and verses read it with me therefore let the godly pray to you while there is once again let the godly pray to you while there is still time because there is going to be a time when your time is going to run out so when there is still time somebody seek after God when there is still time come after his presence when there is still time run to the presence of God when there is still time try to escape try to run away from the judgment it says that they may not drown in the flood waters of judgment so what should they do go to a church no give me the next verse it says for you somebody say for you for you are my hiding place you protect me from trouble you surround me with songs of victory come on church why because you are my hiding place you are my protection my protection see you should understand yes yes there is a covering upon you because you're part of this church no doubt about it there is a covering upon you because of the families that you grew up in because of the parents that sowed into you into their into in, into the kingdom of God and the, your parents that serve God there is a protection there is a covering upon you but let me tell you our ultimate covering our ultimate security is in Jesus because for you are my hiding place we're gonna expound a little bit on that in, in the end and so I'm not gonna spend a lot of time give me the next verse Psalm 91 and verse 1 it says those who live in the shelter of the Most High what will they find they will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty man when we learn to live in that place in that hiding place God has prepared a, a hiding place for us see now we are, we are wondering why is it I know this is a season of grace I know I'm supposed to be you know filled with joy I'm, I know I'm supposed to be experiencing all these things but why is it that the opposite is happening to me maybe have you wondered where are you hiding right now are you hiding under his hands are you hiding under his wings or are you taking shelter in in man-made systems are you are you trying to hide behind your own fig leaves are you trying to hide behind your own you know huge tower of Babel where are you trying to hide or are you really taking protection under the shadow of his wings because those who take shelter under him they will find rest there they will find rest they may be in a in a storm but like Jesus did they will be able to sleep they may be sentenced to be beheaded the next morning like Peter was but what did Peter do there were others who were in the prison they were worshiping and praying but Peter said man probably this is my last night to sleep I don't know if there is sleep in heaven so I might as well sleep here you know 
what they say is you're worshiping God 24/7 in heaven right so if there is no sleep in heaven i want to have my last night of sleep here on earth and peter said i i better go to sleep <laughs> man i'm telling you when you when you are under the shelter of the most high i declare you will find rest you 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 may be in the worst seasons of life externally but your heart will be at rest you may be you may be be about to sink the boat may be about to sink but you will be sound asleep amen, amen. why because he has brought us securely ezra chapter 9 verse 8 because he has given us security come on say it out loud for he has given us security in this holy place in this brief moment in this brief moment of of now in this brief moment of grace he has chosen us to be that few who will be in his remnant and what did he do he has given us security in this place amen he has given us security in this holy place and the next line it goes on to say now our god has brightened our eyes and granted us relief for them it was some relief for us it is total relief from our slavery see this is how god gives you freedom from your addictions he will give you a revelation he will open your eyes to see things that is more precious than your addiction he will give you he will give you revelations about things that are that are better he will open your eyes i'm telling you what we need is not somebody coming and fighting for us what we need is a better revelation to open our eyes god says the bible says he has brightened our eyes everybody say brightened our eyes look at this god is taking us one step at a time he says this is your brief dispensation season time of grace and in this season i have chosen a few people to be set apart as a remnant and i have given you security in this place i have given you my presence to come under the shelter of my presence and receive protection and i have opened your eyes i have brightened your eyes so that you can be free from your slavery what are you a slave to in this season you need a new revelation about that if you are a slave to your workplace you need a new revelation about your provision if you are a slave to you know your desires you need a new revelation of where your desires and your your pleasures can be truly fulfilled if you are a slave to the system around you then you need a revelation of your eternal home we learned that last night this world is not our permanent home the bible says and you need a new revelation in this season you need a new revelation of what god is doing Paul prayed for the church in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 and he was asking God the glorious father of our Lord Jesus Christ what is he asking to give you spiritual wisdom we all have physical natural normal human wisdom right but Paul is saying God fill them with spiritual wisdom give them spiritual wisdom because I can I can spend a thousand years praying for your breakthrough the point is you will have your breakthrough but in the next day you will lose that breakthrough and you will go seven times under 
Because what did Jesus say? If a spirit leaves, he will come back with seven others more worse than him and the latter state of the man will be worse than the previous state. So it's better that I teach you how to fill you with the, the right kind of wisdom. Because when your eyes are open, when, you're, when you have the understanding, automatically your slavery will be broken. Automatically you will be free. Automatically you will have the right understanding. Then your, your freedom will be permanent. You know, our problem is that we want a shortcut. We want somebody to lay hands and immediately we want the breakthrough. Immediately we want the answer. And immediately. No, that's not how it works. How it works is you come and you receive spiritual wisdom from God. You, you work hard to receive His revelation. It says, so not just spiritual wisdom, but insight. Insight. So that you might grow in the knowledge of God. Spiritual wisdom and insight. This is how you know you have spiritual wisdom and insight. You have knowledge about God. You know God. Not about God. Not about church. Not about theology. Not about doctrines. Not about, you know, how to preach a seven-point sermon on this uh, topic of grace. You have the knowledge of God. When you walk with God, when you experience God, when your eyes are open, the Bible says that Jesus... The more you experience spiritual wisdom and insight, the more you will grow in the knowledge of God. And I pray and I declare and I release that this will be a season when our church will grow in the knowledge of God. Somebody said, I want it. I receive it. I, 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 I take this for my family. I pray that my, my understanding will be open. <clears throat> Brighten my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes, Lord. Open up my wisdom, Lord. Open up my understanding and insight in this season, Lord. The next verse, verse 18, he says, I pray. <clears throat> he says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance amen he says if your heart is not flooded with light if your heart is flooded with darkness no matter how many sermons you hear no matter how many times you go to church no matter how many songs you sing no matter how many, how many people pray for you, you would have no breakthrough. You will have no victory. But when your heart is opened, come on, when the eyes of your heart is opened, when you can see from your heart, not from your head anymore, man, I'm telling you, what will happen to you is you will be confident. You will have that confident hope that he has given to those that he has called. Amen. Who are these those? It says they are his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. How many of us know, how many of you know that you and I are his inheritance? As much as he is our inheritance, we are his inheritance. We are his special possession. We belong to God, the Bible says. 
verse 19 he says i also pray that you will understand come on that you will understand the incredible greatness of god's power for those of us who believe in him who believe him it says this is the same mighty power if you go on to read it says this is the same mighty power that brought jesus back from the dead that is the power that is available for you and me today we do not serve a jesus who was crucified 2000 years back we serve a jesus who people tried to crucify but god raised him back from the dead and that same mighty power that brought Jesus back from the dead is available for us. But what stops us from using that power? Our understanding. What is Paul praying? Paul is saying, I pray that your understanding will open up. You will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Incredible greatness of God's power. Today, today you will not leave without an encounter with an end understanding of the incredible of greatness of God's power somebody receive it you and I we can't live in our own strength and our own power our own ability we cannot live in our willpower you know everybody has a willpower and a choice and you know they they try I want to quit smoking and they try day one day two day three day four but then day five they quit why because you're trying in your power but when you have an understanding of his power working in you you know when you have an understanding of what he can do in your mortal body when you have an understanding of how God raised Jesus back from the dead and if he could do that for Jesus man he will do that for you today he's gonna release that power that the resurrection power that power that breaks the power of grave that breaks the power of death he it is available for you and me today if only we will pray god brighten our eyes brighten our eyes brighten our eyes brighten our eyes come on read it out with me what did ezra say our god has brightened our eyes and and granted us some relief from slavery so this morning, I believe, I believe and I believe that there are people who are going to be set free from slavery. It doesn't matter what you're a slave to. You may be slave to people's opinions. You may be a slave to what people has done to you. You may be a slave to what the devil has done to you. But today, today you're breaking out of that slavery in Jesus name. You may even be a slave to the church. You know, we have slaves in the church as well. We don't want no slaves here. We want sons and daughters here. God has not given us a spirit of fear or of slavery. God has given us a spirit of sonship. Amen. He doesn't call us his servants anymore. He calls us his friends, his dearly beloved children. That's what, that's who we are. Amen. But that will come when our eyes are brightened. Huh. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm stuck with this point because I know that the Lord wants to brighten our eyes this morning. Can we quickly pray for one minute before we continue? Yeah, just keep your eye, hand on your eyes and say, Lord, give me a revelation of everything that is holding me down, everything that is chaining me, everything that I can't see, every attack against my family, every attack against my children. 
every attack against my brother or sister every attack against my parents give me a revelation right now open my eyes to see the glorious light of God ha. I can see like a lightning flowing through this place giving revelations to people everybody in Jesus name your eyes be open your heart be open your understanding be open right now everybody that is under the sound of my voice even those that are watching us live from any nation any city your eyes are being opened up right now there is brightening that is coming upon your eyes wherever you're watching us from may your heart receive fresh wisdom insight understanding yes so that you can know the confident hope so that you can know the incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe and somebody scream and said I receive I receive, I receive. amen Ezra goes on to say for we were slaves come on but his unfailing love but in his unfailing love our God did not abandon us in our slavery how many of us can testify that? That God did not abandon us. God didn't say, okay, I know you're a slave, so, so be like this. But in His unfailing love, let me, let me give you a proof that God loves you. Can I give you a proof? You're here this morning. You're hearing good news this morning. You're hearing a good news this morning. That is the proof of the fact that God loves you. The fact that God brought you here, you know, the Bible says nobody can come to God except, they draw, except God draws them. So if you're here this morning, it's because your heart has been drawn to come and receive this timely word for your house, for your family, for your generations, for your descendants, so that, so that every slavery, every bondage of slavery can be broken out. In the name of Jesus, Amen. He goes on to say, instead, if he removed that slavery, what did he do next? It says, instead, he caused the kings of Persia to look, to treat us favorably. To look on us with favor. That when they would treat us, they would say, man, here is a person that I have to honor. Here is a man that I have to esteem highly. Here is a man that I have to celebrate. And, 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 they, and, and, they, and they began to... They, they began to treat and bless us. And the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 1, that the heart of a king is in the hands of God. How? In the same way that a stream gets directed by the earth, you know, by the openings. It says, in the same way, the king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord because he guides it wherever he pleases you know so many of us we are living in a world where we don't like what our kings tell us we don't like what our authority figures tell us but how many of you know that your authority figures are controlled by God their hand their hearts are in God's hands so instead of picking up a fight with your authority figures you should be spending time praying about your authority figures. Come on, talk to me. If you're a child, you have a parent over you. If you're a student, you have a teacher, you have a, you know, professor that you have to submit to. If you're a, a, a wife, you have a, 
a man or a husband that is placed over your life if you have a if you're a church member you have a pastor if you're if you're an employee at a workplace you have a a boss somebody or the other that is placed over your life and the bible says in this brief moment of grace what did god do god chose us to be a remnant set us apart and then god what what is the next thing god do god gave us that protection in his holy place gave us that security then god brightened our eyes and the bible says then he made the kings look on us with favor treat us favorably pastor till there it was spiritual but now this is getting physical and this, and this this is not happening in my life it's not happening it's because you don't really believe that god is above your king you you have to understand god is the one who is ruling your king your king's heart is in the hand of god your your pastor's heart is in the hand of god your husband's heart your leader your parents heart is in god's hand even when they are not believers even when they don't follow jesus you know when paul is writing this in first timothy chapter 2 he says pray this way for kings and all who are in authority why so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives that are marked by godliness and dignity he is not referring to christian kings he is referring to roman wicked pagan kings that didn't love christians that didn't love the god of the bible and the and the bible says pray for them why because their their hearts are in god's hands you know we 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 have so many stories throughout the bible joseph with pharaoh daniel with nebuchadnezzar mordecai and esther come on you you have you have so many examples of people who were in high places and god gave them favor with their king nehemiah and 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 then the bible says hey if you will only pray not fight not rebel because rebellion is not the way here that is not how you get your way in the church in the in in the kingdom of god you don't get it by rebellion paul said this like this romans chapter 13 and verse 2 so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what god has instituted and they will be punished so if you are rebelling against your authority you're rebelling against god so don't fight your authority you fight you go and pick up your fight with god you go and say god i i need i need to be able to go and build your temple you know that's what nehemiah did nehemiah took the case to god and said god i i want to build rebuild the walls of the jerusalem of jerusalem give me favor with my king esther said i want to save my people give me favor with my king all these people they 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 took their case to god and it doesn't matter how how threatening your kings your leaders your bosses may be in this season let me say this out to you that this is a season of divine favor over your life this is a season of favor and in a place where you have been rejected in a place where you have been looked down upon in a place where your opinion was not valued the bible says this is a this is a season of grace amen 
Because this is the season of grace, Ezra chapter 8 and verse 9, verse 9. Instead, he caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably. Not only is he going to give us freedom from our slavery, but he is also going to give us favor with our kings, favor with our leaders. Amen. He continues to say, now this is where it, get in, where it gets interesting. It says, he revived us. Somebody say he revived us. He us. Why? So that we can do church and we can, you know, build our own website and we can make money. And Why? So that we could rebuild the temple of God, our God, and repair its ruins. This is why God is working on your life. This is why God gave you know, favor for Nehemiah. This is why God gave favor to Esther. This is why God gave favor to Joseph. You think it was for their benefit? No, it wasn't. It was so, the, so that it can be used towards the rebuilding of God's temple. The problem with so many of us is that we want blessing, but we don't want to follow the God who is blessing us. We want that breakthrough, but we don't want to follow the God who can give us that breakthrough. We want this, we want the healing, but we don't want to go a step further and, and rebuild the temple. Now in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, there was a physical temple, right? In the New Testament, there is a spiritual temple. We don't have a physical temple. This building, it's very useless. It's a rented building. There's nothing special about this building. This is not the church. We are the church. Amen. There are two types of church. There are two types of temple in the New Testament. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Read it out with me. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. Man, your body, however big or small it is, however good or bad it may be, whatever sickness or disease that you're struggling with, whatever limitation, whatever struggles, whatever bad eyesight you may be having, you're still the temple of God. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So why did God, why did God, why is God sending revival? So that you can rebuild this temple. You can, you can uphold the value of this temple, the physical body. You can, you can, you can make sure that you, you are keeping this body holy. You are keeping this body, you know, separated from uncleanness. You know, there are different types of sins, but the, the, the sin that is worst is the sins that, your, where your body is involved. Why? Because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul emphasizes again and again and again. He says, hey, don't get involved in sexual sin. Why? Because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't mess with your body. Why? Because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not enough that we understand that our bodies are a temple. The second temple, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, it says, don't you realize, come on, all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you. 
all of you together wherever we are together it may be on a badminton court but if we are together guess what happens we become the temple of god we may be in a small prayer meeting in a house but guess what happens we become the temple of god we may be in a big group like this over here guess what happens we become a temple of god come on church do you know that is why we should not forsake meeting together coming together in church i mean i understand that there are times when you are traveling or you're off when you can watch through live stream there's nothing wrong about it and you can receive the word from wherever you are but but come let's let's build a church together in this place where people can see you where you can see them where 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 where, where we are hand in hand with each other not better than each other each of us carrying our own special abilities coming together and, and that is why you should not miss us coming together i was saying this last night i was saying you know back in the first century they used to meet every day and whenever revival came they all, the meetings used to happen every day anywhere whenever revival came let it be lakeland revival let it be with wales revival let it be the azusa street revival let it be revival in india where and whenever revival came meetings got restored on a daily basis <laughs> people started gathering together on a daily basis so you better find a job that gives you your evenings free or you get a business that will make sure you you have a flexible schedule so that you know because you like it or not we are going there one day or the other we are going there when we'll have services every day every day yes we will have we'll have weekly monthly celebration services nothing wrong with it but we're going to have we're going to meet together every day as a church as as the house of god because god the bible says he is about to send a revival he is about to revive us so that we can rebuild the temple of god and we can repair its ruins come on and the next verse verse 17 it says and god will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for god's temple is holy and you are his temple you can fight anything but don't fight the church you can fight anything but don't fight a community of people that host god ha huh. I'm telling you there are kings that have risen for all throughout history who have tried to snuff out Christianity who have tried to shut the church down I'm telling you their names are no more their families are no more their kingdoms are no more but the church has been growing glory to glory strength upon strength wisdom upon wisdom increase upon increase why because this is not a man's house this does not belong to the pastor who is preaching in this church this belongs to the god who is inhabited when we come together Amen. that is our calling church god wants to send a revival but god is asking will you be faithful to rebuild my house my temple not your kingdom not your house not your business but my house when i revive you ezra chapter 9 verse 9 he says he revived us read it with me so we could rebuild the temple of our god and repair its ruins man that is why he he is sending us that revival and i'm telling you because we are in a season of grace 
we are because we are in that brief moment of grace revival is our portion only those revival believers said amen, amen. only those who believe that revival is truly really coming my watch says that my time to preach is over i need to stop but i have one last point can i finish that and sit yeah it says if it finishes with saying now he has given us one he has revived us so that we can rebuild the temple now he has given us a protective wall around judah and jerusalem and i believe i i don't have a lot of you know scriptures to prove this but i believe this wall is the wall of the holy spirit it is the wall of the holy spirit that protects us it's, it's a fire of the holy spirit that protects us jesus said this in john chapter 14 and verse 18 onwards he says no i will not abandon you as orphans i will come to you and soon the world will no longer see me but you will see me since i live you will also live what was jesus telling them he was saying hey i'm going back you know as long as jesus was on the earth everybody could see jesus right but he says when i'm going to go when i go i will come back to you how in the form of the holy spirit but when he comes the world cannot see him but you can see him why because this is a temple of the holy spirit we can experience him he becomes the wall that surrounds us you know i i love this illustration that i i if you give me 2 minutes i can give you this illustration it's i've done this before in church but i'd like to do this again can i do this this is john chapter 14 and verse 20 it says when i am raised to life again you will know that i am in my father and you are in me and and i am in you see i usually do this with guys but today i will do it with girls is that okay so i need four girls on the stage come running yeah come panas come ariel thank you lucy come pinky you also come so we needed one human being you know so she will be the human being come pinky come everybody identify with her you feel as small as you are she is you feel as weak as she is yes totally now for our illustrations purpose this is us okay this is us and we have our you know as 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 much as we'd like to boast and do all these things we we are small we have our weaknesses we have our struggles right the bible says when i'm raised to life again you will know now now wait a minute let me introduce the others also pinky wait here now ariel is going to be the father everybody say hello father yeah she's going to be the father here okay and lucy is going to be jesus oh she she looks like you i like that hair she looks like jesus and everybody say hello jesus and uh, Okay, Panas, she's white, so she has to be the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> like the dove, you know, all of that. So, yeah. So, everybody say hello, Holy Spirit. Okay. So now, now let's do the illustration. It's Jesus says, on that day when I'm raised to life again, you will know that the Father is here. Father, can you come here? Yeah. You will know that I am in my Father. Or in other words, Jesus is saying, Jesus is inside the Father, right? Okay, so this is Jesus. So she is behind the Father. So when I am here and I am trying to see Jesus, 
If I'm trying to attack Jesus, I have to first go through the Father. Unless the Father allows Pilate to crucify Jesus, nobody can touch Jesus. Am I right? Yeah, yeah Jesus is protected behind the Father's will. Yeah? Come on, talk to me today. And Jesus says, not only am I in my Father, but you are in me. Come on, Pinky, where are you? Yeah, you, you go behind Lucy. Yes, that's awesome. Now, now wait and watch. Okay? Now, if anybody has to attack Pinky, where do they have to attack? They have to go through the Father. They have to go through Jesus. And only if the Father and Jesus allows, can they touch you. Because you are in the palm of his hands. He has covered you. You are under the shelter of his wings. You are. the God is your hiding place. That's what the Bible says. He surrounds us with songs of victory. Amen. But he says, wait, 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 wait. But I'm not going to leave you as orphans. So, what does he say? I will come back to you and I will be in you. So who is that? The Holy Spirit. So come Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is in us. Now, look at this. If somebody has to attack Pinky from the inside, the Holy Spirit is there. Somebody has to attack her from the outside. The Father and Jesus is covering her. There is no way the enemy can do anything to you. Why? Because there is a wall. There is a wall. There is a wall. There is a wall that is surrounding you, my dear friend. There is a wall of protection around Judah and Jerusalem. There is a wall of protection around Judah and Jerusalem. Now, as small as she may be, the moment she realizes who is covering her, the moment she realizes who is inside her and who is outside her, man, she, she will walk like a giant. This next verse will make a lot of sense to you when I read this, okay? Zechariah, no, Zephaniah, Zechariah, chapter 12 and verse 8. Read it with me. On that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem. The weakest among them will be as mighty as King David. And the royal descendants, they will be like, come on, read it once again. I didn't understand that. So read it once again. And the royal descendants will be like that doesn't make sense how can you be like god because see when i'm looking at pinky i don't see her her i see the father and i see the son and if i try to play mind games with her i get the holy spirit yeah because she's anybody who tries to mess with her is messing with the father with the son and with the holy spirit anybody that is trying to take panga with the father man you better don't do that. Anybody tries to take panga with Jesus, you're taking panga with the Father. But anybody that tries to take panga with you, you're taking panga with all three of them. Come on, that's, that's, that's why Jesus said, do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Father and the Son, they love the Holy Spirit. There is a deep connection between the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that is why you are, you, you are sandwiched in that connection between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why when the, when the Spirit cries out, when the Spirit prays, He prays for using your, your words, using your voice. And He prays in the name of the Son to the Father. 
Amen? And, and that is why, no matter how weak she looks, the Bible says she is stronger or as strong as King David. You know King David? Tearing the lion open, tearing the bear open. Pinky is as strong as that, the Bible says. And, and, and it says the descendants, the royal descendants. You know, how many of us know that we are the royal descendants? We are the royal priesthood. We are sons and daughters of the king. Do you believe this? We will be like God. We will be like Jesus. We will be untouchable. And, and it says, like the angel of the Lord who goes before them. That's how we will be. Not, there is three comparisons given. One, we will be like King David who fought, never lost a battle. Then we will be like Jesus, we will be like God. And then it says, and we will be like the angels. Man, now tell me, are you protected this morning? Please, please realize that, receive that revelation when you come for prayer for protection. I, I don't mind praying for your protection, but unless you have this revelation of where you are placed, unless you have this revelation that when you are in this brief moment of grace, the ultimate goal is that God will build a wall around you. That wall is not just here. It goes all the way till the new Jerusalem. You know, there is a wall in the new Jerusalem. Over till there, even after devil is dealt with, there is still a wall around you. There are still gates. There is still a protection for you in heaven. Man, don't you look down on yourself because you are covered in the presence of God. What does Pinky have to do to protect herself? Stay in the center, that's all. Just stay there. Don't fight being in the center. Just don't fight. Let, let the Holy Spirit that is in her have a communion with the Father through the name of Jesus. And I'm, I'm telling you, that's, that's more than enough for Pinky to walk with God. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Are you ready for this? I'm going to declare this over you. I want to declare Zechariah 12 and verse 8 over you. Just, just put your hands up in the air. I'm going to say instead of Jerusalem, I'm going to use BRC. You can use your name. But I want you to, I want you to declare this. I want you to receive this. I want you to pray for this. I want you to say, this is my life. I want you to say, I am protected. I am covered. I am surrounded. I am surrounded. What is today's date? September 8th? The Lord is declaring on September 8th, 2019 that today the Lord will defend the people of BRC. Come on, put your name there. Put your name there. Put your name there. The Lord is saying that He will defend Praji. Come on, shout out your name to me. Come on. The Lord will defend. Yeah. Come on, make that your confession once again, one more time. On this day, the Lord will defend. Yeah. And his family and her generations and her investments and everything that is that he or she touches, the Lord will protect it. Yeah. Why? 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 Because the weakest among them, the weakest among them. Come on. Come on. Find out the weakest link in your family. Find the weakest, weakest person in your church. 
or the weakest person the weakest thing in your own life it could be a marriage it could be your finances it could be any struggles you're going through I declare the weakest weakest person among you shall be as mighty as glorious as victorious as King David himself the most struggling thing in your life will be as mighty as King David and the royal descendants come on now those who are connected by blood those who are connected by DNA those who are connected by spirit with the with the DNA of this house they will be like God I declare this I speak this even those that are watching us online even those that are present here physically they will be like God anybody that tries to mesh with them God they are trying to mesh with God anybody that tries to mesh with them they are fighting angels of God I release the ministry of angels upon your children right now angels will fight their battles starting today angels will release fire come on come on somebody jump out of your seats and just receive this word right now angels receive this ministry of angels I can see angels were drawn out swords going to fight for you right now my son my daughter wherever you are the angels of God are coming for you because this is a season for the Goliaths to fall this is the season for Goliaths to fall this is the season when the battle belongs to the Lord this is the season when victory is mine today no more no more no more we will not tolerate we will not tolerate we will not tolerate the work of the enemy anymore in Jesus name we will not tolerate sickness in Jesus name we will not tolerate addictions in Jesus name we will not tolerate financial losses in Jesus name we will not tolerate the enemy stealing from us in Jesus name yes we will not tolerate slavery in Jesus name I release I release a wind in this place right now a wind that will carry your children Lord a wind that will take them to their destiny I pray that the weakest among us this morning will feel as mighty as King David was the weakest those that feel the most weak in their spirit those that feel the weakest will be as mighty as King David was Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Come on, I told Satan. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Hey, victory is mine. Victory is mine.
Victory today's mine I told Satan Get thee behind Victory today's mine I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ask if there is anybody in this place who has any, any need in your life where you feel you are not protected You're, You feel that you don't have that covering of grace there is anybody in this place like that we would like to pray for you I'd like to pray our pastors are here just for today we'd like to take a few extra minutes to pray for you if you feel if you have been experiencing repeated attacks over your life whatever area it may be it may be finances it may be but before you come you need to have the revelation that you when all you need to do is connect to Jesus we are not your protection he is your hiding place Amen. He is going to surround you with songs of deliverance this morning. So whatever attack it might be, whatever challenge it might be, if you want, if you want freedom, if you want a total breakthrough, this morning is your day of victory. This morning is your day of breakthrough. Are you ready for this? All eyes closed. Give me Ezra chapter 9 verse 8 and 9. We're going to finish with reading that scripture once again. Are you ready for this? Just hold hold the hands of your neighbor on the left and your right come on and let's read this out together but now we have been given a brief moment of grace for the lord our god has allowed a few of us to survive as a remnant he has given us security in this holy place our god has brightened our eyes and granted us some somebody say all God has brightened our eyes and given us all relief from our slavery for we were slaves but in his unfailing love God did not abandon us in our slavery instead he caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably come on the next verse he revived us why so we could rebuild come on scream it out rebuild shake the hands of your neighbor and say rebuild rebuild the temple of our God and repair its ruins and when we do this what will he do he has given us a protective wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. Amen. Why? Because God is working in us. Alina, because God is working in us. We hope you are refreshed and strengthened by the word of God. If you want to know more about God or have a question you would like to ask or even a prayer request you would like to share, do connect with us at dreamingrevival.com. Be our guest for one of our services here at Bangalore Revival Center on Saturdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 11 a.m.